Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. April is National Poetry Month, and I'm pleased to have poet and author Anastasia Lindsay join me to help celebrate this auspicious occasion. Anastasia's poetry collection, Ocean, was published by Atmosphere Press in 2022. Welcome to the program, Anastasia. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so excited to be here. I'm, I'm glad to. This, as I said, is National Poetry Month. It's a time for celebration. It's a time for poetry to rear its head around the world so people know what it is. Are you ready? I am so ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what I'd like to know first, Anastasia, is what is poetry? Oh, I love this question. So I don't have a dictionary definition of poetry because it ranges and it's different to everybody. But when I'm asked what is poetry, the first thing I think about is exploration. You know, poetry to me is the salt of the earth. And it's deeply explorative because as a poet, you get to dive deep into yourself and your mind, but also other poets. And it gives people the opportunity to explore their inner self, um, one that they might not even share with the world, but their poems are that outlet for them to do so. You know, it's our deepest, most intimate parts of ourselves, and it's that secret language of the soul. It's, I always like to say, it's one thing to say, I love you to someone, maybe your significant other or your partner, but to have someone tell you, that the only reason they look forward to the sun rising in the morning is because of the rays shining on their on the love of their life, just knock me out of my chair right now. Mm-hmm. Because like that's so much more deeper than I love you. I love you is so common and it's so used, but to have someone tell you that you're the reason why they wake up in the morning and they look forward to the sunrise, like that's poetry. <laughs> oh, very nice. Tell me more about this secret secret language of the soul that just that I don't know it just struck me so tell me more about that concept absolutely so a lot of people love poetry read poetry but there's also a lot of people that aren't used to poetry and don't read poetry I think once they tap into that secret of poetry then they're going to be locked in because it really is a secret and once you know it you can't help but not know it anymore. It's that language that once it resonates with your soul, then you just want to speak that language all the time. And it's so universal, if that makes sense. Like once you understand and unlock that code of poetry, then the whole world opens up in a new way for everybody. All right. Wow. (laughs) I like that. I like that. So, And you've answered this, but I want to know more. Why is it important that we do what we do as poets? Why is poetry important? That's my question. Absolutely. It's important because it offers connection. And poetry, in one word summed up, is reality. And when we live in a world now where it's oftentimes easy to feel alone poetry has always been that constant that made me feel alive and made me feel connected and it's also another way to learn about someone because poetry captures people's unsaid thoughts their unsaid feelings and emotions and the things that are hard to talk about on daily conversations and so most importantly, I feel like poetry is important because it's honesty, it's truth, it's bearing, it's real. And I think the next thing I'm about to say mm-hmm. is something that I think about all the time. Imagine a world where every single person wrote poetry. 
And imagine the depth of that conversation that they would have with the next person. And to me, that's why I believe poetry is so important. In a world of miscommunication, you have the language of poetry that doesn't just use words to communicate, but also feelings and emotions and everything in between. It really is a catalyst. Wow, well stated. The title of your new collection is Ocean. Tell me about Ocean. What inspired it? So I have always had a deep connection to water. And if you think about water, it's naturally healing. It's a natural healing element anyways. And I knew that I wanted my poetry book to be very healing. And I was just sitting down one day. I meditate, and a lot of things come to me much clearer. And I was meditating on what I wanted to title my book, and just waves came to my mind, and I'm like, ocean, that's it. (laughs) That's it? That's it, and I I ran with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a beautiful title, and it's a beautiful, beautiful cover, the the, the color Mm -hmm of the cover. Tell me about that. First, I want to know about the cover, the okay. color. Tell yes. me. I want to know. Tell me everything. The color is very important. So I knew that when someone picks up your book, that's the first image they have, not what someone told them, not what they heard. They pick up this book and they see it. And that is going to be very important for people who haven't heard about me. When they pick up Ocean, I want them to feel immediately that they have a sense of calm. And yes. that's what the colors do. They bring calm. They're serene. They're peaceful. No matter what they're going through that day when they pick up my book, I want feelings of calmness to surround them. So that's the that's why I chose those colors. <laughs> well, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's striking. And I felt calm, to be quite honest. Oh, I really did. You. I really, really did. So, hey, it's a wonderful cover. What I'd like to know, what are some of the predominant themes in the book? What do you write about? Yeah, so ever since I was little, I've been quite the sensitive soul. And so for majority of my life, my poetic themes were very deep and sorrowful. Um, When I felt like crying was shamed upon, I had a lot of pent-up emotions. And writing poetry helped me release what I was carrying. So as I grew and transformed and and spent a lot of time writing, I've been teaching myself that I was longing for love in all of the deep and complex ways as possible. So now I try to invoke poetry about love and including love for self, love for the world, love for others, and the aspect of healing that comes with that. So my poetry now is about healing. You know, I was someone that read poetry to heal, and now I want to write that poetry to help others heal. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) What I'd like you to do for me right now is to share with me the titles of five poems in the book. Any five poems. Any five poems. Just randomly choose five. Thank you. So I don't have any titles for my bo- uh, poetry. Okay. I did that on purpose. I left. Talk. Well, that's my <laughs> question. The importance or of titling or not in t- or not titling. That's the question. So we're right there. Tell me. Okay. More. So I chose not to title my poetry. I really wanted it to be an experience for the reader. What okay. I thought a poem should be titled might not be what another reader thinks. They might come up with something completely different. And I did not want to limit my poetry in that way. I want, I want millions of readers to all have their own titles for a, a certain poem. And I love the beauty of that. I did not want to limit them by saying this is what it's called because it might be different for that reader. Okay, okay. What was the process like for deciding which poems to put in the book? How did you go about that? So it took me about a year to write. Every poem that I wrote in this book made it, made the cut. There wasn't a poem that I took out. I was really intentional when I wrote my poetry. I wasn't just writing to write. I was writing based on what I was feeling for a certain day, 
if I had a tough day, if there was a triggering memory from a past event, every poem that I wrote in Ocean was meant to be there. Okay, okay. So in terms of organizing it, chapters, sections, Mm -hmm. tell me about that piece. So I do have different sections. The first section is called Deep Waters, and it's The poetry is very dark, it's very sad, it's very triggering. Um, It's just past events that I didn't allow myself to heal from, or maybe I thought I was healed from, but later found out that I'm still trying to process that. And then the next section is waiting. So it's just a period of my life where things were okay. They weren't (laughs) as bad as deep waters, you know, it was periods of stillness and calmness but then like I would be triggered by something once in a while so it was just like that in-between stage before the next phase of someone's life and so then that brings us to the shore which when you think about being on the shore you feel calm and you feel loved and you feel peaceful and you're just walking on the sand and the water's catching your toes occasionally and Those poems are like really love-filled, very affirmation-based, very meditative, very calming. And then there is the last section, Sandcastles. There's about 10 poems that I didn't originally have it planned, but I was writing some poetry, and I'm like, I'm going to throw those in there just for a little teaser of what's to come next. So Sandcastles is fun. It's playful, and it's just a little... Um, forecast of what's to come next for readers to be excited about. Now, are you hoping that Ocean resonates with a broad range of readers, or are you targeting a specific audience? I think it is perfect for anybody who's looking for healing in their life. So whatever you identify as, if you're a man, woman, if you're going to school, if you have a family, Whatever the case may be, if you're looking for healing in your life, Ocean is the perfect book for you. All right. Let's say we're standing in line at a Barnes & Nobles. Okay. There are a thousand people, thousand people waiting to purchase your book. What would it be if you were to give the potential readers advice before they read the book? What would you share with them? I would tell them that <clears throat> there are certain poems that may be a little bit harder to read, Um, But I did put throughout my book lighthouse pages, and those lighthouse pages are an opportunity for readers to take a break, to check in with themselves. Maybe they read a poem that really triggered them, that really brought up some past emotions for them. Mm -hmm. There's lighthouse pages in between the sections of my books and even in between poems where they can take a break from reading poetry to check in with themselves to meditate, to drink water, to breathe, to check in with how they're feeling. And I want them to know that even if I can't reach every single person that's waiting in line, that those pages are my way of connecting with them so that they don't feel alone. All right. Very nice. Please share a poem. Share a poem. I will. Okay. I allow a moment for myself of stillness and peace to hear the words from my higher self. She's asking that I lie on the ground, align with my heart center, and allow the ground to hold me ever so gently. She's asking that I close my eyes and to see the world using my other senses Then open my eyes to see the clouds above. Take a deep breath, she whispers. Envision the air traveling down to your belly. In this moment, I allow myself to feel and experience any emotions that may arise. Healing is possible. I am here doing it. I am safe. I deserve to be here. I am my home, attuning to the wisdom of what I already know. 
I am reborn to reclaim my lost pieces. The end. I need a minute to allow that to uh, soak inside my system. Yeah, take your time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Please share with me an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power. So I was in grade school. I had just learned that I was a poet, I think third or fourth grade, and in English class, one of our assignments was to write a poem. I never did it before, but my teacher's reaction made me feel like I had won a gold medal. And I started thinking about how good it felt to write that poem. And what I believe is that it's a natural gift of mine. And it was highlighted in that moment so vividly for me. And I haven't stopped writing. So I started writing poems for birthdays, special occasions, and even when people around me experienced loss of some sort. And to see their sighs of relief, their smiles, their tears after reading a poem of mine, it really showed me that I'm creating movement. And it felt really good. The power of poetic language does that. It creates Mm -hmm. movement in the world, in a person's soul, and in a poet's heart. Okay, okay. You know, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours? And what makes them great in your eyes, Anastasia? Absolutely. So there are quite a few. Maya Angelou, of course, is an amazing, amazing writer. And Mary Oliver. I love how Mary Oliver, she taps into, like, nature And her poetry is so powerfully, it inspires me. And it offers me moments of reflection. And I also oftentimes tap into her energy when I want to write something really moving. (laughs) All right. Yeah. And then, of course, Rupi Kaur, she has been highlighting the world with her poetry. She's an amazing writer. And I do aspire to be like her traveling, poetry world tours. Like, I never saw that until she started doing that. Mm -hmm. I think you will. I think you will. (laughs) We're going to claim victory on that one. Okay, we're claiming it. (laughs) Yes. Please share another poem. Okay. So this poem is, I wanted to invoke something in the reader so that they could start to tap into their own imagination and really... Um, create their own scene in their head. So here it goes. I used to visit the beach frequently as a little girl. I'd play a game to see if the waves from way far back could reach the tip of my toes. I'd move back farther and farther each time to see if the ocean's hugs could wrap me up and splash me with love. The ocean is different as an adult. Lying on the sand, wrapped in a damp towel, feeling the sun on my face. I start to think about lost loves and old friends. I think about the series of events that got me here, broken and lost. I no longer used the ocean as a blank canvas to play. I used it to escape my day to day. It was solace. As you think about your life and your reasons for writing poetry, is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? It's absolutely letting my guard down. I feel like I've always been that person that's kept my walls up, but when I write poetry, they're down. I've been so guarded and quiet, very reserved growing up. But when I write poetry, those walls come tumbling down so easily. There's no resistance. I let them go. I feel relief in letting those walls go. Mm -hmm. And poetry is my safe haven. So when you think about feeling safe, that's when you do let go of control. There is no need for walls. And because I feel safe when I write poetry, there's nothing or no one that can cause me harm. I just feel completely safe when I'm writing. All right. 
Let's imagine for a moment mm-hmm. that a poem is like a cake, a cake that you bake. All right. Okay. Okay. What are some of the most prevalent ingredients that go into the concoction we call a poem? Okay, absolutely. I believe intention is the most important one. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're carrying on your heart, put that intention into that. Let that be the number one ingredient. And then belief in yourself. Okay. Know that when you're writing your poetry, it's not, is this going to be good enough? Will people like it? You have to believe that this poem is going to be good. Believe in yourself when you're writing your poetry. And then most importantly, love. When you pour love into your poetry, it's going to transform in all of the beautiful ways as possible. When someone reads that poem, they're going to feel that love. It's like mm-hmm. when people are baking a cake, they're like, well, what's, what's the main ingredient? Why does it taste so good? And the yes. person that made it is just like, well, I made it with love. You have to make <laughs> poetry with each poem with love. All right. I like that. I like Thank that. You. Poets hail from all over the world. Where do you hail from? Where do I heal from? Yes. Where were you born? Oh, okay. Decatur, Illinois. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and where do you live? I'm still here in Illinois. <laughs> okay. All right. Born, raised, right. <laughs> well, what I'd like to know is, how has living, being born in Illinois, shaped your writing? Absolutely. So I feel as if there was always a longing for connection. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I, I was the kid that looked differently. I went to a predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. I'm mixed race, so I stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I longed for connection. I longed for finding someone that was like me. But because it took me so long, I had to look elsewhere. And that's when poetry became so prevalent for me because that was the one thing that I could claim that I didn't need to feel a part of anything else. I had my poetry that was Mm. there for me in those moments Mm. when I felt so alone. All right. Please share another poem. Okay. So I I really like this poem that I wrote because at, oftentimes I think when people think of poets, they think that it comes naturally and fluently and easily. Sometimes we do have writer's block. As a poet, you still do have writer's block. So that's where this poem really came into fruition. As a poet, I sometimes forget how to speak like the words are tangled in my mind and on my tongue. I have the words, and here they are, but they are dressed in stringy lace, and knots are created like the one currently in my throat. I'm trying to speak spoken word for ears to hear, not just for eyes to see. But I fall back into my comfort zone using pen and paper, Black scribbled lines connect and flow so easily, like they have rehearsed this many times. The end. Please share that one again. I like hearing poems twice. Okay. (laughs) As a poet, I sometimes forget how to speak. Mm. Like the words are tangled in my mind and on my tongue. I have the words, and here they are, but they are dressed in stringy lace, and knots are created, like the one currently in my throat. I'm trying to speak spoken word for ears to hear, not just for eyes to see, but I fall back into my comfort zone, using pen and paper. Black scribbled lines connect and flow so easily like they have rehearsed this many times. The end. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Your work is extremely powerful. It's extremely calming. It's extremely soothing. All the words, all the adjectives. Now, 
to you. me, as I listen to your work, mm-hmm. it sounds like there's a lot of emotion involved. Somewhere in there, there's a lot of emotion. Very Correct me if wrong. Okay. Correct. You are very correct. Do you think that someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Absolutely. I think there's more to poetry than strong emotions. Like we okay. talked about in the very beginning, it's mm-hmm. a secret language. Yes. It's very universal. It can be different for every single poet. They might just talk about life. They might just talk about their emotions. They might not use emotion at all but they can still invoke a powerful piece of poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like writing energizes you. Am I correct? Again, that it energizes you. Yes, it, it really oh, does. Right. <laughs> so what do you view as being the most difficult part of the artistic process? Because some people are like, oh, it makes me tired. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. For you, what's the most difficult part? I think I had to get over the fact that I was that person that that thought, oh, I hope they like this poem. I hope this creates change for them. I hope they can heal from this poem. And I started worrying about how I was writing. And I would say, oh, this isn't good enough. They're not going to like that. You have to get out of your own head because you're not writing to invoke that that response you're writing just to write and you're writing to heal and if you put that intention in there that this poem is going to be healing for whoever reads it then it's going to be healing for the right people and i had to get out of my own way that was my biggest challenge is i hope people like this poem or i hope people are going to love and read and nourish my book you know they're going to the right people are going to find your poems and your book, and they're going to love it because it's you, because of your intention. <laughs> so what do you believe makes your poetic voice different? I, like you had mentioned, I do use a lot of emotion. In every single poem that I write, emotion is put into my poetry. And I want people to feel, because I think a lot of times a lot of people feel disconnected from their own body and their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Mm-hmm. If I can call mine out, I my wish is that I'm calling it out for the next person too. Like, don't be afraid to tap into your emotions and feel them. Most importantly, feel them. Be an observer of your thoughts. After you read a poem, how do you feel? And whether it's good, bad, ugly, messy, you don't have to do anything in that moment, but just be an observer and know that you're okay. Okay. Please share another piece. Okay. This poem is, it's really from my imagination. I create scenarios in my head all the time, and then I write about them as if it was really real or as if it really happened. So this poem is just about somebody that's missing their person who left no longer in their life and I wanted to write about that it's been three months since you've been gone and I'm sitting in a place we once talked about forever in I hated those cigarettes you used to smoke now I'm holding one in my hand contemplating on sparking it not to smoke it I never had the desire but to make our space a little less of me and a little more of you. The smoke used to cloud our room and we talked for hours. Now the smoke arranges into shadows of your figure. I look away and down at the ashtray, the one I bought for you, and the ashes are still there. I pour them onto the table. I write the words, I love you with the ashes and my fingers turn black. I hoped you'd come down these stairs and see my message in the ash. I hoped you'd fall to your knees and tell me you love me too. I take the last cigarette and spark it at last, and memories of you appear in the rising smoke. I miss the times you lit up my life and sparked me with love. You took my breath away with every look into your eyes. And the seductive look 
with the inhale of those cigarettes I despised. The same feeling I experience now as I fight back the urge to bring that cigarette to my mouth. I know I'll taste you, but I'm not sure I'm prepared. The end. Wow. Anastasia. Yeah. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? It does not hurt me to write poetry. It It's very healing for me. Okay. If okay. I do write about a poem that's triggering for me, that does hurt me, it's not the mm-hmm. act of writing about it that hurts. It's the memory. But I heal myself when I write about it. All right. All right. We're going to take a brief break. But my okay. question to you now that I want you to answer and think about while we're on break is okay. do poems – do poems change color in certain lights? Okay. Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Anastasia Lindsay. The question that I asked you, Anastasia. Yeah. Do poems change color in certain lights? Tell me about that. What do you think that means? I think they do. And I think that there is a, a creative space when it comes to color. And color holds energy. So when you think about blue, like my book, it's very calming, it's soothing, but blue can also be sad. It can symbolize sadness for the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that colors also hold creative energy for poets and writers. Um, when you think about a prism, light cannot pass through a prism without creating color. So when you're creating a poet, a poem, and it's passing from your mind and onto paper and onto the next person, the colors that you represent for a poem and the colors that you envision for a poem can also mean something different for the next reader. Mm -hmm. And those colors carry different energy from person to person. And I think because poems are so open to interpretation, I think that's also why each, each color hue has its own story to tell you if that makes sense. I hope it does. Yes, perfect (laughs) sense. I don't know what it was that you shared in your work that made me think about different colors, Mm -hmm. whether it changes in different colors. Something, just something that I'm hearing just brings colors to mind. Yeah. Okay. I don't don't know. Okay, hmm. did I cut you off? No, you're okay. I was just thinking. It got me thinking. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we have some callers. Okay. How do you feel about that? Let's I'm excited. one of these callers out. All right, all right. <laughs> the first area code is 217. The first three numbers are 620. You're on the air with Anastasia Lindsay. Hello. Hello. Well, maybe they're just here to listen. All right. <laughs> All right. You stunned okay. whoever it is, Anastasia. They didn't want to say anything. All right. Okay. They need a moment. That I think that they're processing all of yes. this, which is actually very normal. My poetry will do this to people. Yes, you're good. You're good. You're good. So I call that. It's okay. It's right. They're processing. Let's try this next one. Area code 619. The first three numbers are 636. You're on the air with Anastasia Lindsay. Hello. 
Hello, hello, Anastasia. Hello, hello. You have a question for Anastasia? Yeah. I do. I want to know if you consider other forms of poetry, you know, poetry like I grew up in a very rough neighborhood where hip-hop was like my savior. So people like Tupac, like Biggie, like Jay-Z, those guys are my poets. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that poetry ranges from lyrics to emotions. Like they're using the same techniques, the same emotions and feelings and their own stories to create songs. And really poetry is broken down from that or it's built up from that, whichever way you want to look at it. But I do believe that music and the stories that those artists share with their music, it's telling a story. Poetry tells a story. And a lot of times they're using their emotions in different ways, but I believe that they're all connected and they're all beautiful ways of self-expression. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Anastasia, please share another poem. Okay. I lost my my, um, marker. Give me one moment. (laughs) That's good. No problem. Okay. Okay. So this poem that I wrote is it's 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 um a little more on the sad side. It's kind of lonely, and it's a poem that was very reflective. Like it happened in the past. I'm writing it now, and I'm just like looking at it from where I'm at now, and just kind of writing about how I felt. Okay. I should have noticed the loneliness I felt when I was beside you, but I was too worried about making sure I wasn't alone. The irony. I felt sad when you missed my biggest moments, but now I'm more disappointed that I didn't celebrate my wins myself. Somehow from the beginning, we were destined to fall. And now I'm asking the universe, what lessons was I supposed to learn? I would look into your eyes and I wouldn't feel like I was at home. I just wanted someone to come home to but I was blinded by the truth. Standing next to you in crowded rooms was a new danger. I should have felt safe, but I wasn't. Dream state used to be my peaceful state, but next to you, my mind is overwhelmed with nightmares. I'd rock myself back to sleep and wait for the sun to rise before I woke. I feared the dark while sleeping next to you. This broken love, the saddest lullaby. I hope I can find the peace that I lost with you to return to my dream state, my peace state. The end. Wow. My dream state, my peace state. Yes. (laughs) You know, all poets have several words that come, come up over and over and over again, and they work. What are mm-hmm. your absolute favorite words to use? Definitely peace. I'm a peaceful person. I like it to spread like peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, it does. I love to spread peace. I embody peace. Um, I think I I don't use the word love a lot, but I like mm-hmm. to I like to embody love when I'm writing. Right. But the word that comes to me is peace. You know, I, mm-hmm. I crave peace in the world, mm-hmm. in my own world, and I want my people to feel peace, too. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, that word peace mm-hmm. is a very, very powerful, powerful word. Yeah. The world we live in, Anastasia, so much is going on. Yeah. Peace is not often present for a lot of people. No. There's the good, the bad the ugly, as well as the indifferent. My question to you is, what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? Absolutely. So I actually, 
Is it okay if I read a poem? To yes, of course it is. Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. please, please. So I, ha- I go to Poetry Club once a month, and we bring up different topics that we're going to write a poem about, and then we bring them to class and share them. So our last topic was, what does it mean to be a poet? Mm. And so I feel like that would just be perfect. So I'm going to share a poem to answer this question. <laughs> to be a poet means... When your world is falling apart, you can paint the picture of God who traces your wounds in love and dress it so beautifully with words. To be a poet, we tap into the silent language of a soul, giving tears a voice of their own to share, shining light on shadows and speaking into voids. To be a poet means to be someone that is real, as true and pure and real as the emotions that arise within us. Poetry, it rips open. It seals with a kiss. It calms and it soothes. And it's healing in action. To be a poet, we are able to come home and give space others to do the same. A reflection of safety, wrapped with words that hug and hold. To be a poet means speaking of tales of peace and creating that peace that changes the world. Poetry floods in hearts. It shines on the broken. It protects. It's falling in love. Poetry is felt without touch. It caresses the heart like air flowing through the body. To be a poet means I am the air in my body caressing my own heart and touching my own soul. Poetry is a necessity for I have been born due to its existence. The end. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Share some more information about that piece. I mean, it was exquisite. I want to hear more. Tell me more about what you were thinking when you wrote that. So it was actually a little hard at first because okay. it's like, okay, we get the topic. What does it mean to be a poet? And I felt like, well, what does it mean? There were so many things that I could talk about. So instead of trying to think, what does it mean? I just closed my eyes and I meditated and I let those feelings come up. How do I feel being a poet? What is my intention when I'm writing poetry? And I, I tapped into my own feelings You know, poetry has ripped me open. So that's in that line where I said poetry rips open. But it also seals with a kiss because I've been healed by poetry. And poetry is real. It's somebody's truth. So it is real and it is pure and it is true. And I feel real and pure and true when I write poetry. So I just really wanted to tap into how, how I feel. What does it mean for me personally to be a poet and write poetry and all of these feelings flooded my heart so I took Mm -hmm. a lot of emotion and just put them into words (laughs) okay okay tell me about a poem you were proud of writing but afraid to share for fear of possible misinterpretation Mm, that's a great question I am still writing it actually (laughs) wow wow. yeah there's There's something I want to share with the world, and I'm not necessarily afraid of misinterpretation. It's just, it's like something that I've been holding on to for so long. Mm -hmm. It's the last thing I feel like I really want to share with people. That's going to break all barriers. It's going to, you know, I'm letting down all of my walls when I write this poem, and it's scary because... That's that's the scary truth about poetry. Sometimes you are telling your deepest, darkest secrets to people, and they might not take it the way that you want them to. They might misinterpret it, like you, um, like your question presented. But I'm I'm in the process of writing it, and one day I will share it. I will be vulnerable, and I will share it. All right. Now, has there been a poem that you've already written that's ever humbled or frightened you? One of the ones that you've completed. Mm, 
I wouldn't say frightened necessarily. Okay. Humbled, right. yeah. I think when I tap into the secret language of poetry, sometimes I mm-hmm. feel as if I'm writing a story that's not mine. And it's just, it, it belongs to somebody out there in the world. And that humbles me because I take pride in sharing someone else's story. I've posted poetry online. It's not my story, not an experience that I've lived through, but I'm still able to write about it. And I had so many people comment, I felt like you wrote that for me. Mm. And that humbled me because I'm depicting someone out there in the world, their story. And it's Mm -hmm. like... And it just, like, it sits me down, and I really send love to that person and just wish them the best, and I pray for their healing as well. Okay. People argue over the word accessibility. Mm -hmm. Should one employ a lot of mental energy to solve a poem? What do you think about that? Um, I... I'm in between. I think there's beauty in dissecting a poem, Mm -hmm. but I also believe in poetry telling a story. I I want people to read my poetry and just automatically know what I'm talking about or invoking their own feelings for a poem. I don't want there to be room for them to be like, I have no idea what I just read. But I do think that there's beauty in that because I love to dissect a poem and I'm like, oh, I wonder what they were thinking when they wrote that line. You Mm -hmm. know, what did they want me as the reader to understand about this poem? But when I write my poetry, I want it to be very transparent, very here's what it is. Here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm healing from. Here's what I wish for you as the reader. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) All right. Well. With that, please share another piece. Okay. So a lot of my poems in this book, I love doing affirmations. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with affirmations or not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. Me too. So I love affirmations. A lot of my poems that I wrote are written as an affirmation. So the reader, they're reading a poem just thinking that they're reading it, but what they don't know is that they're actually speaking it back to themselves. Mm -hmm. So this poem reads as an affirmation, so that way they are rewriting their own mental mental wires, if you say, and it's healing for them just by reading the poem. So that's kind of where I created this one from. I am a driven artist. I am an enchanting peacekeeper on a quest of creativity, a quest of true freedom. I am a sensitive rebellion, yes, they exist, who sees beauty in believing in miracles. I am a mysterious guardian flowing through change, allowing space for new, and loving every new woman I grow into. The end. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's nothing you can do to correct or improve it, while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on the editing process? Um, it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever heard, like, artists, they won't go back and listen to their song. Like, once it's out there and it's on the radio, they don't listen Mm -hmm. to it because they will pick it apart. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the same way. If I keep reading a poem, I I will probably sit there and like, oh, I could have used that word instead of that, or what was I thinking? So I... The editing process was hard because not only am I looking for errors, but I have to train myself to be like, your poem is perfect as it is because of your intention. There is not another word that you could have used. Everything's okay. This poem is perfect. Just look for grammatical errors or, you know, spelling. So it was hard for me because I wanted to be like, oh, no, I should use this word instead. But when I was writing that poem, I use whatever comes to me first. If I change the word or like a line in a poem, 
then I feel like I'm changing the intention, not purposely, but how I wrote it is how it was intended to be from the very beginning. And so I feel like I'm kind of like the artist, like I'm not going to keep rereading it because I will find errors. <laughs> I will find something I want to change. <laughs> You've been writing for the most part all of your life. Yes. How has your message changed? I think my message has remained consistent. However, I add things to my message, so it doesn't okay. really change. It just improves. <laughs> okay. All right. I like that. I like that. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I mean, that was a great answer. That really, that really was great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> so, so how then? Would you classify your ability to write poetry as a creative gift or creative art? Um, Definitely both, because I do believe that I was born with this gift and I just had to tap into it. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that it's a creative art. So I can keep studying poetry and I can work with new ways to write poetry because you can make art whatever you want it to be. Art is ever-changing, and ever-growing, and ever-evolving. And I feel like my poetry has the ability to do that, too. So Mm -hmm. even though I was born with this gift, it's still an art that I can perfect and change and create and allow it to evolve and grow with time. All right. right. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) You're great. Thank you. (laughs) You really are. I appreciate that. You really, <laughs> you really are. You know, Thank Anastasia, you. we've reached my favorite part of the program. Okay. I view it as being a mini M-I-N-I poetry concert. Now, this is an opportunity for you to share three or four poems back to back, no interruptions from me at all, no questions, nothing. Okay. Anastasia, you're on the stage. All righty. Okay. So this next poem was another piece from my imagination as well. I love creating stories in my head and writing about them, so this is just the result of that. I asked him what he thought of me. I think I was expecting something along the lines of, oh, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're kind, but what I got instead touched my soul. You make the sun on my skin that much warmer. You make the beauty of the stars something everyone wants to admire. You make waking up from peaceful dreams something to look forward to every morning. You are the love letter that mends broken hearts. The reason why bees move from flower to flower. You are my favorite love story. And I will recite it as long as I live. A few extra minutes in bed with you is what I look forward to the most. The moon rises in the sky looking for the beauty that you radiate. You bloom where you are planted and I am nourished by your strength and your brilliance. You are unforgettable so that even a thousand light years pass, the light from your soul will always remain. My world is more beautiful because you are in it. Sometimes you catch me staring, and every day I find something new that I love about you and have memorized even the slightest wrinkle from joy. I thank you for making room in your heart to love me fully. You are inevitably pure magic. So that's poem number one. The next poem. This is a poem that I wrote when I was thinking about my people, my family, my friends that have always been by my side. And I was just so overwhelmed with gratitude. And I wanted a way to express that. I am composed of every person who has sparked my life with light. I am thankful for the colorful bits that make up all of you. You each make me the person that I am today. 
And I realize that I am only human, but I'm here on this earth to live through this experience. My soul recognizes yours way beyond the physical. And this is how I want to live my life, adding colorful bits to my palette that make up all of you, that I become part of you and you a part of me, while we all become part of each other, creating mixing, blending, one universal rainbow. Thank you to those who never gave up on me, even when my palette was nothing but black and white and blended jaded gray. One by one, you all have added light to my story. So that was poem number two. And lastly... Sorry, I lost my page again. I will definitely rethink better bookmarks. <laughs> okay. I hear that if a writer falls in love with you, that you can never die. And this I believe to be true because I have fallen in love with you. And the scribbled letters and words on my paper are filled with nothing but you. Even strangers in different countries will read my story and be in absolute awe. Years may pass and days swift by, but my love for you certainly can never die. Pages might turn yellow and the corners tarnished, but in between those many lines, your name will live on. A tale for the generations to come. A love story that has lasted over many lifetimes. My love for you is storybook worthy, and you deserve to live on forever in my mind and the millions of readers worldwide. The end. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Anastasia, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, musicians, and poets. So what do you think emerges naturally from you in your work? comes from inside you? I think it's my ability to tap into emotion. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been afraid for so long to do that because it is often very scary, mm-hmm. but naturally I, I can do it and I want to do it. And it's one of those fears that's scary, but you know that something beautiful is on the other side of it. And so that's how I address it every single time. Like, okay, this is going to be pretty scary to write about. Tapping into this emotion feels very strange. It feels, my heart's kind of beating right now, but I'm okay. And I'm going to write something that's going to create movement. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. You know, as you think about writing the book, the process from beginning to end, writing Mm -hmm. motion, what do you think you learned about yourself? Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I believe that I learned that I'm stronger than what most people believe. Because I am so subtle and so calm, I think that's how people view me, which is okay. But I also want people to know that I'm very strong. It takes a lot of strength and courage to write about some of the topics I do. And it's not a physical strength, it's a mental strength, which is requires more energy sometimes but i'm i'm a really strong person very subtle very calm and very kind but i'm very very strong too and i think Mm -hmm. that there's power in that strength that i conjure up to write a poem Mm -hmm. i want to ask you do you have a spirit animal or avatar is there anything that you think about as a spirit (laughs) animal yeah, I love them. Oh, all right. <laughs> Something told me to ask you that. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> I knew I needed to ask it. <laughs> yes, thank you for asking that question. I love tapping into that spiritual stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. Dolphins, they're so pure and they're gentle creatures. They're so, I feel like they're me. Like mm-hmm. if I think about myself being a dolphin in the water, 
just being so free. And everybody looks at dolphins and they love them. You know, I haven't met one person. They might not be their favorite animal, but I've not met one person that's like, oh, no, I don't like dolphins. Like, everyone loves dolphins. They love to look at them and view them. And there's like a, there's a gentle love that comes with seeing a dolphin. So that's my spirit animal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, there have been some documentaries about dolphins not being that friendly, but we won't go into that tonight. We'll I've seen that, <laughs> and those are lies. <laughs> we'll stay on the positive side. <laughs> there's so much I could say. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's always got to be somebody that says something, you know what I mean? That's, we're going to leave it there. <laughs> Dolphins spit on you. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they don't like your energy that you were bringing. <laughs> that could be it. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <to> reframe. <laughs> do, do you think you were meant to be a poet? Absolutely. In my heart, I do. Even if everything else around me was to crumble, career, job, I'm always going to be a poet, and that's always going to be part of me. And that's the that's the thing that gives me the most strength is, like, nobody can take that away from me. This is mine, and I love having it. I love using it. And I think when I was created to come onto this earth, it was like, yes, you're going to be a poet. You're going to be many things, but most importantly, a poet. <laughs> so what surprises you about being a poet? Any surprises? I was surprised at my ability to tap into stories that were not my own. That was mm. a big surprise. When I posted those poems and people were saying, I felt like you wrote that for me or that was my story, that surprised me because I – when I wrote that poem, I was just tapping into creative imagination. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until those people spoke up that that surprised me that I can do that. I can I can put myself into someone else's story and live it in my head and then write about it for them. All right. And I All love right. that surprise. Yeah. All right. I'd like you to to favor us with one final piece, please. Okay. Hey. Okay. So this poem is it's just a piece from my imagination as well and I think about I want people ultimately to feel loved and so I want people to feel seen and heard and appreciated, but most importantly, loved. And if somebody out there in the world can make them feel like that, if they can't conjure up that strength themselves, then I'm all for it. I think that love comes in so many forms, and so sometimes it takes someone in your life to help you realize that. So I am free for the first time in years. I can breathe. Being seen felt, heard, and touched on all the parts of myself I once used to hide. To be honest, I always held an amount of doubt in my heart that I wasn't truly capable of receiving the deepest love that the world had to offer. To love and be loved. To feel the love deep in the core. That's rare, but it's real. Being seen and embraced for your true self your raw self, it's divine, and I have it now. I craved another soul whose existence alone could swoon me and cradle my heart gently while taking me on the wildest journey of my life. And he does it so perfectly. Just when I think I cannot go deeper, I am reminded that his love for me is eternal. It has no ending. I have always wanted to be loved like that. He truly is the soul of my dreams. My capacity to receive his love is as vast as the universe. Always growing, always expanding. I can breathe again. Part is, I did not have to be completely healed to be any more deserving of his love. He was there with open hands and open arms. The end. Wow. 
It's beautiful. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Where can people find your work? Where can they find you and yeah, your work? So I have a website. Do you want me to say that out? Yes, or? yes, please, okay. please. So my website is Summer Solace Holistic Healing dot com, and I am on Instagram. It's Anna Marie Poetry A N A Marie M A R I E Poetry, and that's where I post a lot of my poetry is on Instagram, um, and then my book and. And all of that is showcased on my website. All right. Where do you go from here creatively? What's next for you, Anastasia? I already have my next book in mind, and I'm starting to write that. So I'm really excited for this book. It's it's going to be healing as well, but mm-hmm. on such a much deeper level. Like in that poem, I said, just when I think I couldn't go deeper, that's how I feel about this next book. Like, whoa, I'm going to get really deep, but I'm ready. I'm excited. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have really enjoyed this time with you. I have too. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think your future is bright, brighter than even you may believe. Brighter than you may even think possible at this time. Because what I share with people is to never forget what you bring to the table because it can serve you when you least expect it. So the gifts you have inside, don't forget them. Don't lose them. Thank you. I'm crying live on air right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everybody cries. (laughs) No, but I'm serious. I'm serious. And have you already recorded an audio version of your book? That is up next, actually. I I just started reaching out with my publisher, and we're getting that in the work. (laughs) You've got the perfect voice for it, and I listen to voices. You've got the perfect, Anastasia, you're going places, you're going places, and I'm so glad that you were able to take the time to stop here first. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. (laughs) I'm like laughing, but I'm crying too. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're great. All right, good people. (laughs) I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. This is National Poetry Month. This is Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio, and as I share with you every time we're together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, Anastasia. Good night. Thank you all so much. All right. Bye. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.